The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great to have you company. Here we go. Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Uh, before we get into the big stories of the day, I must admit I emceed a function today uh, involving the Perth Glory and Melbourne Victory, who are both in town. Well, the Glory, of course, are based here, but Melbourne Victory are over here. They played a pre-season friendly down at Hay Park in Bunbury a few days ago. And tomorrow night they'll play a second friendly at uh, Dorian Gardens there in North Perth. And today I had the privilege of actually sitting down with uh, Tony Popovich, who took the Perth glory to their most significant moment in the A-League when they won the Premier's Plate. And as we know, they played in the grand final when were beaten on penalties against Sydney FC and knew... Perth Glory coach Alan Stachich. And I must admit, I thoroughly enjoyed the chat. They're two very learned gentlemen. Uh, we explored uh, a bit about themselves, found out more about themselves and their philosophies to try and get two clubs, two proud clubs, off uh, the bottom half of the ladder. As we know, Melbourne Victory had a very disappointing season last season and the Perth Glory, as we know, another disappointing campaign. But there's uh, a feel of real optimism in the air from the people that were there today. So we wish both uh, clubs all the best for the new season. I'll be speaking to Mark Beavers a bit later on. He's the uh, central defender for the Perth Glory. He's going to have a chat to us uh, and give us a feel of what's like in the camp. Uh, the Perth Glory have finalised their squad for the season. What they've got is what they will parade when the season gets underway on October the 22nd, which, by the way, is a double header. Uh, the A-League women will play on that day as well, so it should be a good day out. But for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, a bit of news coming out of the West Coast Eagles and a lot of talk regarding the first draft pick that the Eagles have after finishing wooden spooners this season in 2023. A lot has been said. There's been a lot of dialogue about Harley Reid and whether the West Coast Eagles will uh, trade off pick one, whether they'll split it. What will they do with it? And Dan Curtin has emerged as certainly a very, very important uh, pickup in the top 10, the West Australian product. But this is what the head of the list development, Rowan O'Brien, had to say on SEN Breakfast this morning with Scotty and Goss regarding pick one. Uh, it's a fairly simple position, uh, to be honest. Um, we're feeling like at this stage we're likely to keep the selection and go to the draft. It doesn't come along very often, pick one, and, you know, we're trying to bring in some high and young talent, so it's a, a unique opportunity in that regard. We'll listen to everyone's offers if they come our way, um, and that's, you know, we're open-minded around that, but it's going to have to be something pretty special, I think, to turn our heads. Um, so we'll just see what unfolds. At this time last year, we didn't think we'd trade pick two, and that changed, uh, and we feel worked out really well, so... We'll listen to those offers and just see what happens. Yeah, in a very strong position, uh, West Coast, uh, with that pick one. Do they go to North Melbourne and maybe concede pick one, go to pick two, pick up Dan Curtin, 
And then, of course, they've got another pick in the top 10, which means they pick up two prize recruits, possibly in the draft, and they keep a local talent here in Western Australia. We don't want a situation with Harley Reid, who said he's quite happy to come to West Coast, but be in a situation, now we've seen it, there's been precedent where there's been players that have gone either to Adelaide, to Fremantle, to West Coast, who have decided to return back to their home base after a short period of time. So we'll wait and see what transpires there. Also at the West Coast, four players were given extensions on their contracts, which is uh, great news. Uh, Young forward Noah Long had made such an impressive start to his AFL career this season. Also second-year midfielder Jai Cully. They joined experienced utility player Jake Waterman and defender Alex Witherden in locking away new deals. Now the lively small forward showed high football intelligence, as we know. Plenty of enthusiasm, kicked a pretty good goal too. He's agreed to a two-year extension, binding him to the club until at least the end of the 2026 season. Jai Cully, a one-year deal. Jake Waterman, a two-year extension. And Alex Witherden, a uh, extended one-year deal. So plenty of news coming out of the West Coast. That's the big news down there for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Just some other news now for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. We have uh, had a bit of footy news going on, and Craig Kelly, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club, said that with the draft coming up, that they're up against it to keep up with the draft concessions that have been offered to North Melbourne. He's had his say, as certainly Chris Scott has had his say as the coach of the Geelong Football Club, feeling, saying it's not a level playing field and these concessions shouldn't be handed out. This is what Craig Kelly had to say. For us now in Victoria, the, the clubs in Victoria, with what's happened with North, um, with that, that, that extra couple of picks, and then also what's going to come at us with Tassie, plus the academies on that uh, up in Sydney and, and Gold Coast and Queensland, we're up against it, mate. So, you yeah. know, trying to pick the youth, it's going to have to be more of a strategy, a bit like, you know, I think what Geelong's looked at as well, is we've got to be able to do this and still go to the draft with the right players. They'll get the right players, but then we're going to have to have the ability to go and just get someone to come in for a couple of years, and it might only be two years. Yep. There's Craig Kelly, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club, again uh, voicing a bit of concern regarding some of the draft concessions that have been made to certain clubs, particularly now, recently, to North Melbourne. Well, Gillian McLaughlin is now departing the AFL. He's hung around for a long time, the CEO of the Australian Football League. He's handing the baton finally over to Andrew Dillon. He said he would go at the end of the AFL Grand Final. That's done and dusted. And this is what he said on departing his job that he's had since 2014. I was just caught up with staff and said thank you and thanked them for all their hard work. It was amazing. Uh, you know, our players, our clubs, our coaches, supporters are incredible. There's a very hard-working, talented group here who, who put it all on and they're um, very proud of what they do. And they, uh, they've worked so hard all year again. Um, still the women's season going on, but to have to celebrate the end of the men's season day, we're going out, going out for lunch and... Um, Dills the CEO from four o'clock. Good luck to, good luck to him. So uh, that's uh, Andrew Dillon from four o'clock Eastern 
daylight saving time because we're on daylight saving. So basically, he is now the CEO, and he's been the CEO for around about four hours. Uh, Andrew Dillon and Gillam McLaughlin has got on his horse, and he's just ridden off into the sunset. So there you go. Uh, an update there for Polaris. Uh, their plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. Let's go to the open line, uh, and you can give us a call anytime here on Sports Day WA. The number to call, 13 12 55. Michael of Wanneroo has done just that. Hello, Michael. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm very well. I'm, you're sounding up and about. Oh, <laughs> come actually coming to the end of the day's work, Peter, so I'm just on the wind down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to talk about the Eagles drafting, do you, Michael? Yeah, I do, Peter. I've heard some things that basically Harley Reid is Chris Judd and, and Daniel Curtin is Matthew Pavlich. So which one do you choose, Peter? I'd go with Dan Curtin. Honestly, I would go with Dan Curtin. I just think uh, he is a better investment than Harley Reid. Now, as we said, Harley Reid's a good player. But, gee, there's been a lot of dialogue, a lot of uh, momentum about Harley Reid. Really, we don't know how good he is. I think he's a, he's a ready-made AFL footballer. But a lot of people are saying this Dan Curtin kid is just as good and certainly could be quite a significant uh, player to bring straight in for the West Coast. Because I'm leaning towards the, the local product, I must admit. It's a fair comparison of the two. You've got it is. Chris Dunn or Matthew Pavlich. So, yeah. you know, which way do you go? Well, Matthew Pavlich could play in every position. So maybe I'll go with Dan Curtin because he can play in every position. He can play up forward. He can play down back. He can maybe play on a wing. He's got a bit of speed. So maybe that's a better investment because they may need a bit of flexibility. But when you look at the midfield, may, they maybe also need a bit of grunt. And maybe Harley Reid can provide that because he's quite a solidly built uh, individual who's got a bit of toe, can break open packs. And maybe that's something that the Eagles have been missing as well. So we'll have to wait and see. Now, supposedly the ones at the West Coast Eagles who are looking after the list are better judgment, uh, got better judgment than us. So hopefully they make the right decision, Michael. I haven't had much of an idea um, before 2020, but uh, they're getting better. Yeah. Oh, well, in the end, this is a very important decision to make. Michael, thanks for listening to Sports Day WA. Enjoy the rest of your day, mate, up there in Wanneroo. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Peter. You're a good man. Okay, Michael joining us. Uh, you can do it, 13 12 55, or give us a text. Which way would you go? Temper a bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Don't go away. There's plenty happening here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, don't forget that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game. It's worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. TNCs do apply, and, of course, the uh, big match is in Las Vegas in February, and Las Vegas is where the NRL Premiership will be launched next season. There'll be four teams 
that'll be travelling from the east coast of Australia. Penrith Panthers, who just won the NRL Premiership on Sunday, are one of those that'll be going to Las Vegas because it's going to be a double header there in Vegas to launch the NRL season, which will be uh, pretty exciting. So we'll talk more about that a bit later on. Maybe Vegas could be the place to be in February. You can catch the Super Bowl and, of course, you can catch the start of the NRL season. Let's talk a bit more about the NRL because what was interesting this morning is that there's been now discussion on whether the Penrith Panthers can make it four in a row, which is quite incredible. When you look at the success of sporting teams in the football codes. The NRL, we had Canterbury Banks down. They won four premierships during the 1980s. And we know that Hawthorne were a dominant, dominant football club in the AFL during that decade as well. Will it be now the Penrith Panthers who become a real dominant force uh, this decade? They've won three in a row. How many more can they win? A man that unfortunately wasn't part of a premiership team, but he played over 200 matches for the Parramatta Eels, and he wasn't around because he wasn't born when they won three in a row in the early 1980s, is Tim Mannon. And Tim Mannon now joins us, the former Parramatta Eels great here on Sports Day WA. Tim, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been a great weekend of sports. Always good to chat. What a grand final. What an NRL finale. How did you surmise it for a man that's been around a long time and played... 233 games for the Parramatta Eels. You've been around. You've seen many an NRL grand final. How does that rate? Uh, well, mate, I, I was asked that earlier. I, I reckon it's in my life, it's the best one I've seen in my life. Like, I know there's been some great grand finals. I know 2015, uh, I believe the Cowboys-Broncos was a good game. I know the 1989 grand final was a special one. But for, for me, that was the best I've seen, and it was it was really. I'm actually grateful I was there to witness it. It was a, it was a special night. What was the atmosphere like? Because uh, the day before, I was down south in Melbourne doing the Collingwood versus Brisbane Grand Final, and the Collingwood faithful went uh, ballistic. What was it like? What were the Westies like there on the night? Um, to be honest with you, mate, it was more Broncos fans than Penrith fans. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I remember I was I was outside the stadium. And I was just a sea of uh, Broncos. I thought maybe they're just getting here at the one time. But as they uh, as they announced the um, as they announced the names pre-game, so you know number one, uh, Dylan Edwards, it was a massive boo going around the stadium. And when they announced Reese Walsh, it was a huge cheer. So that, that was a very uh, evident sign of the Broncos fans. You had number of parents fans. So it was, it was, and I don't know if a lot of the fans that were there that were neutral were going for Broncos because they were sick of seeing Penrith win, but mm. uh, there, was, there was definitely a lot of vocal support for the Broncos. So, Tim, saying that, uh, there's now talk, including Nathan Cleary and others, who have now won three, Pete, three NRL premierships in a row, and they've now equaled uh, the Parramatta Eels all-star side of the early 1980s with three in a row. And of course, Parramatta very close to your heart, and we'll come back to that in a moment. Can they make it four yeah. in a row? Absolutely, I can, mate. I, you'd be silly to say no. Now I know they're, they're losing a couple of key players. They're losing uh, Clyden, who's been a, you know he's got a try in the last four grand finals. That's a huge loss. Um, you know Spencer Lena as well, who people don't like. Very underestimated the amount of impact he has off the bench. So they'll miss those two, but they've missed. You know they, they lost Coruscant, they lost Kigal last year, and they found a way to, to still you know replace them and, and come up on top and. Um, they keep losing players. They keep producing great young stars, and 
you know, Nathan Cleary, what he did on that grand final, um, you know, they'll be talking about that for many, many years to come. And he's only 25. That, that, it's a really scary scenario to realise that Cleary's only 25. There's a lot more football ahead of him. This team's only going to get better and better. Mm. Some are saying, you make a valid point, he's still got plenty of years uh, to leave his legacy. And some are saying he could become one of the greatest of all time. Uh, do you think that could possibly happen once he sits back and looks back over his career? If he does achieve another grand final, a win, maybe one or two more, and leaves a legacy uh, that people will remember? Yeah, I think so. You know, there's all the talk about him, you know, he should be an immortal. And I, I understand where those talks are coming from. But, um, you know, like I said, because he's got so much ahead of him, it's going to be exciting to look back and see what he achieved. Now then, the hard part, I guess, is managing managing that expectation because it's not easy for a player to have, you know, the world on your shoulders and still deliver. And um, he seems to have the gene that just just bypasses the nerves and the pressure and, and still deliver. Like, with 20 minutes to go in that grand final, Penrith were done and dusted. They, you know, the, I thought Broncos were going to score 40 points. Um, I thought it was all, all she wrote to Penrith. But they just, on the back of Cleary, they literally scrapped their way out of that. And that's a sign of a, of a championship side. And, um, you know, next year they've still got plenty of those plays in that side that know how to win grand finals. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see them there again. You were a Eels player for a decade, a very celebrated player from 2009 till 2019. Were you happy with the way your former club performed this season, getting so deep into the season? <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, I wasn't too happy with that. You know, you went from um, you know grand finalist the year before and thinking that, um, you know, we're on the verge of something special because there was, you know, great opportunity for Parramatta to capitalise and and end the drought. But, you know, it was a big step backwards this year. You know, finishing 10th uh, is, is far from where the club needed to finish it. Um, and it just seems like that's a common theme with that club. You know, we we do really well one year, we do pretty poorly. So hopefully next year, if the pattern continues, we're really good next year again. Yeah. How strong is rugby league in the west of Sydney, where you've got the Penrith Panthers, about 50 k's out from the CBD, you've got the Parramatta Eels, and the West Tigers probably need a bit of work. But how significant is rugby league in that part of Sydney now with this on the back end uh, and the strength of the Panthers? Oh, it's huge. And, you know, you talk about the 80s Parramatta team as well. You've got, you've got lifelong um, rugby league fans from the 80s in the Western Sydney that are, you know, were entrenched in their love and league at that stage. And um, it, You mentioned the Tigers, the Bulldogs are there as well, but, you know, four of the strongest fans based in Western Sydney, uh, in the competition are based in Western Sydney. And it's a sign of, um, you know, the involvement, the participation, the, the passion of the, the fans out this way. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's it's rugby league Harland, and I know I think I know Perth is a very much an AFL place, but the, you know the GWS and AFL have done a lot to try to break through the Western market, but uh, it's still very much rugby league. And you know the flip side of that is you know Melbourne, NRL has done a lot to try to get into the Melbourne. I mean the Storm could not be more um, successful, and yeah, it just seems like a market's hard to break into with mm. so much AFL there. Mm. Looking at expansion, we reckon we're ready for an NRL team here out of Perth, Western Australia, when they, of course, offer the next licence, the 18th licence on the back end of the Dolphins getting the 17th. Uh, would you be one of those to endorse maybe just broadening the borders a bit when it comes to NRL clubs? 100%. I, um, I've heard talk of, you know, looking at Cairns or you know, second New Zealand side. I've always been vocal about 
need to be heard. Like, if you want to be a legitimate national sport, you, you've got to start thinking outside of the comfort level, comfort zones of where you, where you have been or where you are. Um, at the moment, it's all Eastern Seaboard, but there's nothing, you know, there's no Perth, there's no Adelaide. There's no, so I think they, if they want to be serious, Perth will be next stop. Mm. Tell us about your career. 233 games for the Proud Eels. Uh, do you look back now on your career and think, uh, I did okay? Yeah, there's always that, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to call a game for SEN on uh, a grand final day. It was always that grand final one that eluded me. So you kind of watch grand finals with a bit of envy and wish, you know, you've got to take that experience. But, um, you know, outside of that, I was very fortunate. You know, I'm very grateful for the time I had in the game and, um, to be able to play so long at, at the club I loved was a, was a really special thing for me and my family. So enjoyed that. But I also, uh, if I'm being honest, I probably enjoy calling the games more than I enjoy playing it. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot in the body. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get hurt. Uh, Tim, probably yeah. a, my next couple of questions may be a little bit uncomfortable. I apologise if they do make you a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But after Jared Hayne defected to the NFL, you became the standalone yeah. captain there at Parramatta in 2015. Are you sad the way Jared Hayne's life has gone? Um, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be careful. I'll answer that on air. I, um, you know, he, he's a friend of mine, and I get, I guess, I understand all the negativity that's going to come his way, but, um, you know, it's not my job to judge him or judge anyone else in my life, you know, whether they're my friends or not. I, don't, I try not to judge. Um, you know, and it's my duty as a friend of his to, to still support him regardless of the situation. So I'll, I'll continue to do that. Mm. And of course, you lost your brother. At a very young age, uh, and now he played for Cronulla and Parramatta, and we've got the John Manor Cup that the two clubs play for. You would have played in a few of those, and when it was instigated back, I think in 2013, what yeah. were your feelings? Yeah, first, was... Firstly, when it was played, the first game that you played in on uh, in tribute to your brother, and what those games mean to you during your career. Oh man, to be able to play, and it was really special because um, yeah, it was still. Pretty raw. He, he only passed away a couple of months earlier, and it was a, a huge, um, you know, I guess touching feeling for my family to be able to experience that. And um, you know, at the time, they did a, instead of doing a moment of silence, they did a sixty-second applause. And it's, I still get goosebumps when I think about you know how much of how cool it was to celebrate his life rather than mourn the loss of him. It was great to celebrate the time we had with him. Mm. And even now, you know, every year it's the first game circled on the family's calendar. They they really enjoy. Um, you know, the clash of the two clubs, you know, the family loves both clubs and um, we're very humbled and honoured that the club, you know, gives us the opportunity to celebrate his life like that every year. Now, Timmy, you were born in Sydney, but of course of Lebanese descent. Uh, I gather the Lebanese uh, connection where the family's very close. It would have been tough for everybody around uh, your brother, your mum and dad and certainly extended family when that all happened years ago. Yeah, it was, a, it was an extremely tough time. But, you know, we, we are very much a, a, a big family that, um, you know, our, our life revolves around our faith and our, and our Christianity. And um, for us, it was actually it was a pretty special moment. It sounds weird, but we actually, it was great to see the peace and comfort that you can get in, a, in, a, in such a challenging time. And um, if anything, it probably made our faith grow even more. So, it was, yeah, it was, although there was so many um, difficult parts of it, um, you know, the reality was if Johnny had gone through his treatment, he would have had to have stem cell therapy and have a really poor quality of life. So the selfish part of you would love for him to still be here, but the other part of him, other part of you is actually grateful that he gets to not suffer anymore. And um, and like I said, we're, we're fortunate that we're in part of a rugby league community where we have support from everywhere. And we understand a lot of families don't have that um, 
forward and, you know, I'll probably feel more for them than um, for us because we, we had plenty of people in our corner looking after us. Good on you, Tim. Well, the reports that I'm getting is that you're certainly carving out a great career in the media. Enjoy being involved with SEN and the NRL. And thanks for joining us here on Sports Day WA. All the best. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers, guys. Good on you, Tim. Uh, very open about a couple of those uh, issues, uh, certainly at the back end of that chat. Tim Manor, uh, former... He played for Lebanon, international rugby league footballer, and, as you know, a prop for Parramatta Eels in the NRL. Uh, a very, very handy player. Just on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Uh, Curtin or Reed. Hi, Peter. I'll take Ali Reed. Thanks. Kind regards, James. Good on you, James. Thanks for that. You're a big West Coast Eagles fan as well. Let's take the number one product reportedly in the country and bring him west, according to James. We'll take a break, uh, come back with more in a moment. Don't forget the Continental Tyres provide the AFL Trade Radio update. You can catch Trade Radio here on the SEN Network. Clayton Oliver's name has been thrown up by Riley Beveridge. Eagles, of course, have doubled down on keeping pick one. St Kilda reportedly have targeted bomber Dylan Shield and free agency opens on Friday. Trade period begins next Monday at 6am our time, Western Standard Time, now that daylight saving has uh, been put into place in uh, Melbourne. They're three hours in front of us now. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Don't go away. Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great to have your company. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, I had the privilege of emceeing a function today involving the Perth Glory. It was at Dorian Gardens and it was like a corporate businessman's lunch. And, you know, a lot of uh, people were there, a lot of familiar faces from the Perth football community. And I had the privilege of sitting down and having a chat with Alan Stadjic, the new Perth Glory coach, and, of course, Tony Popovich, uh, the coach of the Melbourne Victory Football Club, who, as we know, took the glory to the Premier's plate when he was here a few seasons ago. And, of course, the grand final at Optus Stadium, where the Perth Glory, in front of about 55,000 people, lost on penalties to Sydney FC. And there's a really good feel, actually, and I think people are really excited about the upcoming a-League campaign. For the glory, it starts on October the 22nd. For the A-League women, it's on October the 14th. But on the 22nd, when the glory start their A-League campaign, the men's, it'll be a double header with the A-League women's as well. So it'll be a big day at HBF Park. And no doubt a man that's looking forward to the start of the campaign. It's his second season at the glory. Is uh, centre-back in Mark Beavers. And he joins us on the program now. Mark, thanks for your time. No worries. Thank you very much. How are you doing, guys? I'm very well. Looking forward to the second of the friendlies against Melbourne Victory tomorrow night at Doreen Gardens. It's probably been a, a nice little end to what has been, I think, a pretty good pre-season for the glory. It has, yeah. I mean, the, the games are you know pretty hard to come by over this side of the country, um, you know, playing the NPL teams. But to get an A-League opponent come over here is... Um, you know, it's good for us in our preparation going into the start of the season. Um, and, you know, Melbourne Victory is, um, you know, it's one that 
suits us in a way at this stage, um, two, three weeks out from the season and give ourselves a real test. And, uh, you know, the game down at Bunbury was, was a good one for us. I think, you know, certain players got a um, chance to uh, get minutes under the belt and, you know, show what we can do as well. I think, uh, like you said, just there, it's it's pretty exciting this year. We've got a few new additions to the squad and things are looking pretty good. Yeah, no, the squad is very impressive and Alan uh, Stangish did confirm that the squad is now complete for the season. So he's working with uh, what he's got and uh, the way he spoke today without getting too carried away, that he's quietly confident of what promises to be an exciting season. You're talking about pre-season friendlies. I was talking to Chris Economides, who, as we know, spent some time at the Glory and now is at the Melbourne Victory. And I sort of was talking to him about pre-season friendlies, and I said, why don't you have a pre-season friendly against Melbourne City? And he says uh, they're reluctant to have a match against us. So they struggle, even the fact that they're in Melbourne, to get pre-season friendlies against other A-League opposition. And he says it's been terrific that they've been able to come here and play against the glory. Saying that, Mark, uh, did you play much? And I wasn't across it in Bunbury. If so, uh, how much uh, game time do you expect to play tomorrow night? Um, well, I actually done the full 90 minutes at the weekend. So, um, I mean, we don't know as players yet what the manager's plans are going into tomorrow night's game. Um, but, I mean, like, they're just practice games, um, to be honest. So, I think the manager will look at it and, you know, spread out the, the, the game time as much as what he can across uh, across the squad. So, it's, um, it's all about getting minutes under the belt and, you know, the the main aim is to prepare as well as we can for the first game of the season against Newcastle. How do you feel about this pre-season compared to the first one you went through with the glory? Um, well, both very long. Uh, in comparison <laughs> to what I'm used to back home, to be honest. I mean, I usually get through a five, six-week pre-season and bang straight into the games back in the UK. Um, so, But this season, um, you know, I, I expected it. I knew what was coming because... They've been very similar in, I think, it's 12, 13-week pre-season. Um, it, it, it's good in some sense. You've got to take the positives out of it in a sense that the manager can, you know, get on the training pitch and really implement what his, his ways are um, in playing um, and have a real good look at the lads as well in the training field. And if we can get a few games along the way, then, then happy days. Um, but as, as footballers, we're all chomping at the bit to, uh, you know, get, get the season up and running. Is there going to be a different style of play? Now, we've seen what Ange Postacoglu's done at Spurs. Everyone's raving about the attacking style in relation to what he's brought to Tottenham Hotspur on the back of Antonio Conte, who was a bit more defensive. Uh, what about Allen's style of play? Will it be a bit different to what Ruben had last season? Well, so far, yeah. I think um, you know, the formation we've been setting up in the last few games especially is different to what we are playing last year. Um there's still two, three weeks to go, as you know. So there'll be other things that I think I want, I want to, um, you know, get us in the video room and show us uh, different, different ways of playing, different ways of um, breaking down teams, and different options for us as well. Not just having one plan going into a game, um, but it's it's difficult, like I said before, to to implement that in against MPL teams. No disrespect to them, but they're coming to the back end of their season. They weren't the test we really needed at, at this stage so you know Melbourne coming over here has been, been a blessing for us and we can really put put ourselves to test um, but going going back to the last game over the weekend we we played some good stuff and you know it was, it was exciting to be part of um, and you know hopefully it sets us in good stead going into, the, into round one.
Yeah, 3-1 winners against Melbourne Victory in that match down there in Bunbury. And uh, talking to a few people today, they're looking at trying to make it an annual pre-season fixture down there at Bunbury. Uh, well attended and the South West certainly got behind it. And I think there'll be a decent sort of turnout tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kickoff at Doring Gardens to see the glory against Melbourne Victory. As we mentioned, you know, Tony Popovich coached the glory for a number of seasons. There's Chris Economides and a couple of other players in that Melbourne Victory squad that were part of the uh, Perth glory. What about some of the new additions uh, to the squad, Mark? Is there a couple you can highlight that you've been quite impressed with? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think every single one that's come in has been, first and foremost, have been you know welcomed into the squad and the great lads. Um, and as players, the... They add something different to the group. Um, I think anyone, everyone knows Oli Pazanic is an experienced player that can control it in the middle of the park, and and uh, and Bruce also brings a different dynamic in the in attacking sense that he's you know really pacey and um, can get at, at players one v one. They're the two off the top of my head, but the other boys that have come in as well have also you know shown real talent and um, you know no, they, they, they're going to stake their claim for the in the starting eleven. Yeah, I spoke to Oliver and Bruce. They were both there uh, at the get-together today, and it was uh, good to have a chat with them as well. I think Oliver's going to be a huge uh, injection for the glory. After all, he's been quite experienced, isn't he? He's played in Switzerland. He's played in Scotland. I think he started with Reading, just like yourself. You played at Sheffield Wednesday, Millwall, Bolton, Peterborough. All that experience uh, that you've been through, I suppose it is. it's very handy depending on where the situation of a game is and what you need to do. Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, having a, a young squad as well um, at First Glory, it can, I mean, looking back back in the day, all them years ago, when I was a young boy, I, if I was playing alongside an, an experienced older player, it would, you know, make me feel more comfortable um, in, in, in a starting eleven or on the pitch, should I say. Um, and like you said, that experience that comes with that, um, whether it be ten minutes to go in a game when when your back's against the walls to you know getting a block and really sit deep and defend everything that's chucked out you like players like myself and Ollie can kind of orchestrate that um, so it's it's um, it's good that there's another older head in the group and you know looking at it now myself Daz and um, and on Ollie down the middle of the the spine of the team um, mm. can only can only be a good thing for Perth. Mark, you went home after the season last season to spend some time back in the UK. You returned back to the lounge down under. Uh, is your family with you, Mark, down here in Perth? They are, mate, yeah. Yeah, they came last year as well when I first got here. Um, they're absolutely loving life. Um, it's a bit different to Yorkshire, the north of England, <laughs> in terms of weather. Um, but, yeah, my kids, are just, they're straight into school. And they so how old, how old are your kids, Mark? How old are your kids? Um, a little girl's nine and my little boy's six. So, oh, good. Um, so they've yeah. settled in really well into primary school? Yeah, really well, mate. Yeah, they enjoy it. They've, they made pals pretty quick. They're at a good age where, you know, you can move them from school to school and, you know, there's not uh, not too much, too many arguments, should I say. Uh, I was a bit mm. worried about my little girl because she's a little bit older and she had her pals back home and she still got her pals back home. So she was a little bit wary about coming over, but... Mm. They've been great, mate. They've yeah, been great. And that great. makes it easier for you, doesn't it, really, when uh, the kids and your partner are nice and settled? Yeah, it does, mate. I mean, that, that's, you know, part and parcel of, the, of being a footballer. Um, the wives and the kids have sometimes got to, you know, pack the suitcase and go on to the next adventure, so to speak. Um, and, you know, mm. I wanted to try something different and, and be successful in another country and, 
I'm still looking to do that, and hopefully it'll be this season. Good on you. What a great way to finish off. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Uh, lovely to chat again, and uh, we'll keep in touch. And as we said, the start of the season is not far away, and uh, I might actually wander after I finish tomorrow night down there past Dorian Gardens and have a bit of a squizzy to see how the glory are going against the victory. Uh, good luck tomorrow night, depending on uh, how many minutes you get. Thanks for your time. Great. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Good on you. Mark Beavers joining us here on Sports Day WA. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment uh, here on uh, the Tuesday edition of the program. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great to have your company. Uh, it is Sports Day WA with uh, Peter Vlahos. Norman Cal has been on the Tempera Bedshed uh, text machine, which is always available to you on 0487 736 736. So you can call the Kia open line too. We've had a couple this afternoon. 13 12 55. Morley Kia, get more. Norm says, uh, Pete, you, you saved Pete. Hayes has been spotted in Northampton in front of his statue with a rag and a can of Brasso. He's not at Horrocks at all. Ah, he's just polishing up his statue. Okay, good on you, Norm. You've got good eyes. All the way from Kalgoorlie, you can see Hayes there at Northampton, which is on the other side of the state. But good on you, Norm. Always good for a laugh. All right, uh, the leg up, Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. If you like to have a bit of a flutter on the GGs, of course, gamble responsibly. Uh, Ramwick tomorrow, race three, number two, Demiana, D-E-M-I-A-N-A, Demiana. She returned from 119 days between runs and was heavily supported when well beaten by Afterlight. That was a messy race with a riderless horse in which they walked and zipped home. It might pay to forgive that effort and she did beat third easily. Maps to receive every chance behind the speed and Nash sticks Expect her to bounce back hard, okay? So get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. It's thelegup.com.au. And finally, for Irrigear, which is here to save time and water, let's look at a couple of uh, the headlines that you may have missed earlier in the program. Uh, young forward Noah Long, who has made such an impressive start to the AFL career this season, uh, together with Jai Cully, Jake Waterman, Alex Witherden, have all been locked away on new deals at the West Coast Eagles. Uh, Noah Long has been given a further couple of years. In fact, uh, his deal goes through to the end of 2026. Jai Cully has been given a one-year deal. Waterman, Jake Waterman, who a bit of contention on whether he was going to stay at West Coast, has been locked away with a two-year extension and Alex Witherden, a one-year extension. Travis Boak, the former captain of Port Adelaide, is going around again next season. What's that? I think it's that season number 18 or something for Travis Boak. Uh, what a warrior he has been for the Port Adelaide power. Uh, Sam Landsberger from the Herald Sun is reporting that Sydney Swans are set to table a serious offer for out-of-favour defender for the Fremantle Dockers in Joel Hamling. As we know, Joel's sort of gone back into the pecking order, the 2016 Western Bulldogs Premiership player behind the likes of Luke Ryan and Brennan Cox in defence. Uh, he's played a lot of his football in recent times with Peel Thunder. And it appears that Sydney do this a bit. You know, you look at what they did with Tom Hickey 
uh, gave him uh, a couple of more seasons where he was quite a valuable inclusion at a very mature age. And maybe they're thinking similarly for the likes of Joel Hamling. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. In tennis, the Australian Open will start on a Sunday next year in January, becoming a 15-day event in a bid to reduce the pressure on players and fans from late-night finishes. Uh, you may remember when Andy Murray this year played a near six-hour five-set marathon against the Nasi Kokonakis that did not reach its conclusion until after 4 a.m. It's pretty ridiculous when it goes that late. So there you go. It looks like it's going to be 15 days. It gives, gives them a bit more flexibility. And finally, Michael Barlow, he's our friend, uh, has been involved in broadcasting, as you know, a great career at the Fremantle Dockers and then went up to the Gold Coast Suns. And when that finished, he went down back to Victoria to home and coach Werribee in the VFL for a number of seasons. Well, he's given that up because he's been offered a job as a development coach at North Melbourne. And this is uh, Michael Barlow talking about his new role at that AFL club. There's only something really specific in my mind that, or, or a set role at AFL land that would be my next step. And I don't think it is assistant coaching. I think, from my point of view, it's a bit more holistic than that. You know, whether it's you know, managing some sort of program with him. Eventually, I think it's assistant coaching. Oh, I'm aspirational to go on and, and maybe sit in a big chair one day. Yeah. And to do that, I'm understanding, you know, you have to coach your own team. You'll have to mm. be an assistant. You'll have to step in the senior assistant. You, you may have to run a development program. You yeah. may have to... So, there's, there's a fair few chunks of the pie I'd be looking at. So that's Michael Barlow on his role at North Melbourne. He's in there and you can only get into the system and go from there. And we wish him the best of luck with his endeavours for North Melbourne. And Ben Simmons, as we know, the Australian basketballer who's certainly been in the news, uh, spoke uh, in the last 24 hours about his mental health. I feel great. I think um, as it is physically, your mental is very important. So it's just doing the things that work best for you. Um, for me, it's a lot of meditation. Um, and then physically, I think that's all a part of it too. So when you're at your best physically, I think that helps your mental also. Um, so it's being in a place now, it's just great. And I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to get in the court and play. Consistency. I think I'm just being very consistent with the things that work for me. Um, and that's huge. I think, you know, some people may do it for a little bit and they see a little improvement and then they stop doing it. But I think just being consistent with whatever works for you um, is very important. Yeah, he's been in the news, isn't he? Uh, didn't quite work out Philadelphia for a while. He's gone to Brooklyn. Uh, he didn't want to play with the Boomers at the Olympics. Uh, and that's Ben Simmons speaking about his mental health. Let's hope he gets it all together. Thanks for joining us. Uh, that was for Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigear is here with the sports news headlines. And don't forget, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Get on board at the Wildcats in action at RAC Arena Friday night against the Adelaide 36ers. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Jimmy. I'll be back again with Hayes, the run home from three and sports day from five. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.